Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of hopefully that's uh, uh, just an experiment. It's uh, Plus Heart. We're going to be doing a podcast episode. I'm here with Mr. Trent McKenzie. I had to like scramble my brain in order to remember your last name because he just goes by Trent. How you doing, Trent? Hey, doing great. You know, it's a very default Canadian name. You know, if you had to just take a guess, <laughs> pretty good chance you're going to get it right. You know, you'd be like McDonald. to be McDonald. like, ah, so cool. <sighs> You got the the the, M, the MAC there. You got the MAC. Uh, um, it's important, you know. You know, your whole life you have to be like Trent McKenzie MAC. That's every single stranger I meet. I have to say it like that, and they always appreciate it. Ah, uh, okay. Instead of the MC, I guess mm -hmm. that's like that's probably like a that's an East Coast thing. Sorry, but there, there's so much more context to give here before we just like. I'm, I, we're, this is assuming the person listening to this knows knows who you are and knows what. I'm doing what? Here. What's that supposed to mean? What are you insinuating? <laughs> okay, short version. Uh, yeah, plus heart. My, I don't know. My experiment into still writing about esports despite being very burned out from esports, but I wanted to focus on the things that I care about in esports, which is about human connection and how all of us that are kind of like working either you know from the, the smallest streamer to the biggest investor you know we have a connection to this weird ass wonky industry and i kind of wanted to talk to some people about it so i've done a bunch of writing so far and i was just thinking i'm like hey what's easy content let's just talk to people i don't have to edit that i can just like start and start, start and finish it no um no i have pertinent questions for you know people who i think are smart and people who i want to hear from and trent you happen to be one of those Congrats. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> do you do you want to give like a short intro or anything or anything that I guess uh, instead of me doing the intro, I guess, I don't know. Well, let's see. Uh I I well, I assume you guys probably know what Dota 2 is, but you know what? There's a significant portion of people that don't, but uh, <laughs> I cast Dota 2 as a a color commentator as they say mostly, but I, I you know, I'm known to fill all the roles as they go and uh I'm lucky enough that that is my full-time job. People Ask me a lot. So what do you do outside of Dota? What do you do besides Dota? I'm like, just, just Dota. This is it. This uh, is it. That, that's it. And uh, that is something that Dota casters are very lucky with. And uh, not everyone realizes that, I think. I was going to, like, that. I think that's a large part of why I wanted to talk to someone, or, like, what I was bringing into this when I was thinking about questions. I was like, Dota is so different than almost every other esport in the sense that you don't see a lot of multi-game crossover in terms of like hosts in terms of like broadcast mm -hmm. talent like you did see frankie coming over from csgo and and stuff like that but i see like i, I dabble in a bunch of other ones I, like i've watched some rocket league like when i worked at evil geniuses i was watching pretty much everything and there was almost like those freelancer like mercenary hosts or like desk talent that were doing almost like two or three different games and i was sitting there like how do you how do you even manage you know um but Dota's kind of insular. Like you have Sir Action Slacks and Capitalist kind of going and doing their own thing every once in a while. But um, I don't know. Dota's Dota. And I think that's maybe a good summation of the game in general. <laughs> it's its own little thing. It's its own little archipelago or, or island or whatever. Yeah, for better or for worse, right? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that was some. Uh, so how long have you been doing that? I just, just I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but I was just curious. Uh... That's a good question. Uh, my first, I started playing Dota in 2012, and my first, like, I started sort of doing assisting with stats, so I would get paid a little bit, but that full-time Dota didn't start until, I want to say, like, TI, after TI6-ish? Does that make sense? Yeah. Or no, even after TI5, I think. I think Somewhere five. around that era, so like 2015-ish. Five is, like, a good, like, watermark. Or, like, it's like, it's like a you know a watershed moment for dota i think i think it's like ti3 it was like when everyone there was like a mm. massive like influx and that was around me like i i, I me think too. I, yeah that was I my started, first ti i saw yeah. the first i think the first dota match i saw was a grand finals to ti because twitter was just like i was i was still in league of legends town and um they yeah twitter was kind of going nuts about navi alliance in the grand finals and then i kind of tuned in for the last i think for the series and um that's was my intro to dota but um Something, mm -hmm. I think that that passage of time is so weird because I'm even thinking about that statsman role. You know, that statsman <laughs> the, role the, used to be a lot more... Dude, I killed that. <laughs> <laughs> I I grew that and I killed it. I, I, I merely invented that as a stepping stone. Yeah, I quite intentionally. My whole goal when I started doing stats was to become a caster. That's why I did it. Because I saw becoming a caster was very difficult. And how does a random noob like me get 
connections to casting and get the credentials for casting. And I just started working with the numbers because I was fresh out of, well, I was still finishing university at the time doing like statistical methods for geographers. And I was like, oh, stats kind of easy. Yeah, so I just kind of dove in and used it to do Dota. And here we are. That's kind of what happened with me too. Is like, I, I started, I was in journalism school and I was just like, I'm not going to work at the CBC. Like, sorry for context. The CBC is Canada, Canada's like, it's like the BBC only for Canada. Um, Trent and I are yep. both Canadian. So there's a little bit of familiarity there, but I wasn't going to go work there. And it was just like, okay, esports is going to like, I, I imagine you probably had a, a similar thought of esports is growing you know it's 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 on this giant incline they're gonna need mm -hmm. people that know what they're doing you yeah. know and you might as well like hitch, hitch the wagon to that train and see where it takes you you know yeah it was very very lucky for sure it's like i didn't think that like some space would open up i just wanted to try i mean it's like you know luck is uh opportunity and preparation is essentially that like i was ready if the opportunity came and it did i remember um i get this question a lot actually because people this whole concept of like, oh, you just do Dota like full time. That's crazy. It's like, well, jumping in uh, is always terrifying for any of these jobs. But I didn't jump in until I knew that I, I was already making enough money. Yeah, yeah. To to quit my other job, which a lot of people like. So like, I basically just you know fuck sleep essentially. No, of course. <laughs> I haven't. I was sleeping in like two hour segments, and then uh, after my my job, I would sleep for like two hours or four hours depending on my schedule. Then I would cast Dota. And then I would sleep again, and then I'd probably cast more Dota or start work. Uh, and that was my schedule. And I basically just, I remember, <laughs> I have such vivid memories, actually, of my, my wife. Like, I would always be walking around the house with an earbud in, just constantly. <laughs> I was just always listening to Dota casts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, uh, and just grinding. I mean, it's it's good that that energy, like, you need to have that energy. And I remember, I definitely remember similar, where it was just, like, I was writing and writing and writing and writing. And I look back on that time and being, like... Where where is that energy now? You know, it's almost like fear gets introduced to it a little bit where you're like, okay, now I'm yeah. now I'm past this threshold of like I don't want to say making it because making it is very subjective in terms of a career or stability or whatever, but I was gonna ask, it's like did it was there a different feeling after you had like you said you kinda didn't go full time until you had enough money in order to kind of make it work mm -hmm. but it was like was there that kind of difference in mentality between got to get somewhere got to get somewhere got to get somewhere and then you're like okay I'm here but now there's an entirely different set of challenges you know it's yeah, like 100%. now it's a, a maintenance you know yeah like it's um the idea of just getting there like I, I was able to get there by simply grinding casts uh, I was thinking about this before our interview so I was like I wonder where I am now the caster aggregates I do believe I still have the most. Now, this isn't actually like a super accurate number because, like, if you're on LAN, it's not going to like. Like, for example, someone like Capitalist No Defixel would have many more games than are listed on something like that, Dota, because they would have been casting before we would always be in the slots and stuff. But yeah. according to the stats, I've done 2,220 Dota games. So um, it's probably more than that. Probably much more. Yeah, it would be, be like probably a couple hundred, maybe more. Yeah. I, most of my games I am in the lobby based on like how setups changed by oh, the time yeah, I course. started being on lands and stuff so isn't uh i, I think that's about, a lot of hours i think about this a lot but it's like are isn't it interesting how technologically like dota was so far advanced from a lot of games and then it's like oh yeah and then it's that's the only reason like, i could even do it because like the api right like the numbers were just free yeah oh totally it's being, incredible for the for the context of people who don't follow dota it's like when dota launched there was a lot more functionality that allowed people like trent to be able to um essentially you know, break down every match break down every match and then just like the, the data was all exported and then someone yeah. was passionate enough to make a site that collated all of it right so being able to pull up things like you know when was the last time that this character combination was played or whatever it like that was very easy compared to like a lot of games like like i said i came from league of legends we didn't have a spectator mode until yeah like, that's insane there, there was no spectator mode and and i think one of the the hardest things was not being able to open up to indies like indie casters or you know analysts or whatever not being able to download those replays and especially once when riot started the lcs it was like it's not like they're taking those that lcs and then exporting the replays and then putting them out in the public right you're pretty much doing all your analysis and media creation and stuff like that off of um 
just an image off the no off the broadcast you <laughs> yeah know, like, i used insane i used to do these um i used to do these animations where i was like pausing like a frame of a team fight in league of legends and then i would have to go off the audio cues to figure out um cooldowns and stuff like that because you'd hear the skill go off and then you'd have to figure out like reasonably what a cooldown reduction percentage and stuff was and trying to figure out okay what skill do they use as backup just trying to like label like what was happening in a fight and so much of it was dependent on who the obs was clicked in on because you wouldn't get to see those icons and there wasn't a way to go and say like i just want to choose to see the game from this person's perspective so it's interesting the passage (laughs) of time just being like has dota like i think dota's like lost that advantage it used to be like so robust and it used to just be like so um far ahead of everyone else like the ticket system and the gambling or not the gambling but just like you know even something like drops now you know like something like drops are completely built into people's marketing you know strategies instead of um just something like incidental for those items it's crazy yeah it is insane how far ahead dota was and then it it essentially just like coasted off of that yeah you know it required less attention in a sense because it was if so far ahead on so many of those categories I f- like I think if there's like a history book of esports, I think Dota's so like you can't talk about Dota without just being like Valve is so weird, <laughs> you know. Just as like a yeah. company, you, you can't you can't like almost write about Dota on the same terms as every other esport because Valve loves its automation and Valve loves its like it has its values and it has like its way of doing things. And it's like, you can't go and just like track riot and valve as if they're like similar beasts. Like they're completely different. Yeah. There's they one is going by that typical structure that you would expect out of most companies, be it gaming or not. And then one is just a like total free for all Western or sort of gold rush for better, for worse. It's essentially just a frontier town. (laughs) It's a frontier town, like, like as Dota fans, like, I think, like, if, if you're listening to this and you don't know, you know, the pain of being a Valve fan, there, you know, you do have those situations where something is automated and it makes Valve a lot of money and then either it breaks or it's something that gets lost interest in. And since there's no, like, concrete teams for Valve products, you get things like Team Fortress 2 not having, you know, an update in, like, a decade or um, certain things. I remember, remember the DPC app? You know the 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 app. For oh like yeah, I finally app. deleted that. I got tired of the notifications. <laughs> There's there there was an app for the for the the major leagues. You know the regional leagues for Dota. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, that thing's breaking in a week. You know, if they're relying on like a data pipeline and not an actual like manual person putting in certain data, that thing's gonna break, and no one's gonna want to fix it. And Valve's gonna be like, we're not making any money off of it, so why are we, why are we even bothering, kind of thing. And I guess like I I don't want to. I don't want to turn this into just like, ah, Dota is so crazy, but yeah, I, I want to bring it back to the people working in Dota. And mm. that's almost the funny thing where I was thinking about it and just being like, yeah, just as I can't track Valve um, and Riot in like similar comparisons and stuff like that, it's almost like you can't take Dota talent or like Dota creators or the Dota ecosystem anyway and try to track it like elsewhere. So is there that weird like disconnect on your end where you might look at other people or you might look at like other games as talent mm-hmm. and be like this, what they're doing isn't possible or like it, there's like a difference on my end in terms of like, I don't want to say like positives and negatives. I don't want to just put this in like grass is greener territory, mm-hmm. but it's like you have to almost have a different mindset. That's like alien. Yeah. Of like other people's examples, you know? Yeah, it's totally different in the sense of like I I do watch a lot of other um, esports, which is something that I think I'm kind of alone in that in the the Dota talent space. Um, like like you, lyrical, you burn out really quick. Like like for me trying to figure like I watch Dota and but I can't like I don't have enough bandwidth to like try to follow <laughs> other stuff. I've tried to follow I tried to follow Smash for a while because there was that like melee like boom like post documentary yeah. i was like a doc kid and um i try I, like i want to get into apex because apex's format is so cool um have you heard about that have you heard about apex i've yeah. seen a little bit i know i have like some friends who've started playing but i've just never dabbled okay, so apex like I, i've covered battle royales because 
EG had like a PUBG team and stuff like that. Right. But basically, like instead of having like first, second, third places, they'll play a number of rounds, and then based on how many kills and how how long you survive, you get a number of points, and that determines like the overall leaderboards, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So if one team comes in first and they get a shit ton of kills, and then like you know maybe comes tenth the next one because of bad luck or something like that, it doesn't completely compromise their leaderboards like space, right? So Apex has a thing where at like their i'm talking about like their world championships their format right, is yeah. so interesting because you hit like 50 points as a team and then you become match point eligible which means that in order to, in order to oh, win, you have to win you have to game? win a round after All being right. match point eligible in That's order sick. to win the entire tournament and the All thing right. is I like that and the thing is is that multiple people can be match point eligible at the same time so you can have a team be match point eligible for like it, there's there's no limit there's no limit on matches to be played until someone wins so you can have a squad do really well for like five matches straight get match point eligible and then completely flounder for like while everyone else catches up so you not only have the pressure of trying to close out a match which is already hard enough um but you also have to worry about the people that are coming behind you and the the thing that I thought about, I was streaming the other day and I thought about this, it also solves the problem of the tournament ending on a w- someone winning a match but not having enough points to win the tournament. Because you'd have that. Yes, you, you, yes that would be have, so lame. You'd have the leaderboards and you'd be like, well, the team that actually won it came 10th in the last match of the tournament. That kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it would be super anticlimactic and everything or whatever. But I, the reason I bring that up, like, you know, going back to that, watching more esports and stuff, mm-hmm. that's some cool innovation there. You know, like, that's the type of thing that, like, Dota, you know, Dota, the, the magic. Like, so much of... Yeah esports feeling is like this intangible magic feeling and i love like i said i just had to mention match point eligible and you perked up yeah you were like, is, oh i understand i understand yeah i understand <laughs> it's like play it's like if there was like a you know a round robin system in like dota or something like that that's a that's a sir action slacks mad science like tournament format or something just like an endless like round robin where the amount or, of kills or, the, uh... or the, the match time or something means that you know you get a certain amount of like meta points if that makes sense for like a, a leaderboard not even not even doing like win loss or something i don't know be chaos but that is crazy i like that kind of innovation you know and then taking it back i didn't mean to interrupt you but um yeah no no it's, it's good watching um, watching that... a lot of like esports is is nice but it, like it, it's draining but it gives you a lot of perspective yeah it gives me a ton of perspective especially when you you move more into like the actual talent involved so like i tend to watch like quite a few of the the commentators because in other games they need to produce content right that's the main difference. Like, is in Dota in our space? Uh, this is the first thing I thought of when you essentially sent me the question. That's exactly like, what I wanted to ask you. <laughs> I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. Yeah. It's it's just like, and I've thought about this before too, which is why I've you know I, I've noticed this, and I'm very thankful for this because it's like if you have that desire to create and stuff, that's great. It's good that you can choose to do it. There are Dota content creators and casters um, together, like Jenkins, for example, does a lot of content on the side. Uh, and that's partially how he got into casting in the first place, helped build up his rep enough to like make that jump. But it's also just something he wanted to do. And so he's able to do that. That's fine. And then you have people like me who like, I, I have three kids that yeah, of course. Like, to me, that is my like secondary thing to Dota. You know, that, that is my making streams or YouTube videos on the side, essentially, uh, where it takes up so much time. But if I was like a smash caster, like Dota, to be frank, has a lot of cash there's a lot of money because there's just a lot of viewers there's a lot of eyeballs it is a global sport we have viewers in every single region there's money from the publisher there's money from sponsors there's just a lot of money and so that means that you can get higher rates yeah of course so you can work less and still make way more than people in other esports which is very unfortunate for them because they're forced into um the hustle of like needing the stream on the side to essentially keep them relevant for the cast so that they keep getting those gigs but also just keep the lights on it's such a weird like i think about um uh you know coney he's a mm-hmm. smash yep. smash it was like, i watched lots of coney i yeah. okay so coney's interesting because like I, I i really like I, I like zach as a person his name's zach and um mm-hmm. I, I can't watch his content 
his content has that like ir that irony of like um he like for okay for for example he has like a sub goal on his on his stream and he'll say like a, the number of subs that he <laughs> yeah, has yeah, yeah. and he has a script <laughs> that every time someone donates or like subscribes to it it's say like hypothetically the sub goal is at like 19 out of 20 if someone were to subscribe at 19 it would go oh it would go and then it would turn into 20 to tw out of 21 so one. it always be like one it would always be one ahead and he would always be like oh man we're so close as i like i get that it's ironic like i get that it's a it's almost yeah, like yeah. A, it's a tongue-in-cheek like satire of both the stereotype of a full-time content creator but also people like ludwig or you know other you know mm -hmm. top tier streamers and stuff and and i as someone who it's so tongue-in-cheek that it's like i can only take it in short bursts but i oh, i love it but i <laughs> I, I so the opposite <laughs> i i what's it called i appreciate the hustle because like uh. you like you're saying it's like uh I, I think about smashers a lot because they have that problem of do i go to a tournament and potentially lose a weekend of money you yeah know, that i could have from streaming and um i think that's what brought me to that question like the original question was just being like how do you separate that person like the personal desire or sorry the per it's all about security right it's like you mm -hmm. are able to negotiate contracts and then those those contracts kind of build on themselves because if you do get a job at the tournament then you then it becomes easier to negotiate in theory you know yeah um because you can go hey i did good work at this tournament everyone expects me to be there so you know if you don't if you don't hire me there's there's that kind of like community leverage there too but it's like if you didn't have if the timing didn't work out like it did for you you know there is that kind of balance of okay how do you cast like officials and then still find the energy and the desire to do all the this like side content and i'm happy that jenkins is doing what he's doing and and jenkins is probably the one like esports creator i have subscribed and i never feel bad about clicking on a video of his but yeah Keith puts a lot of heart into his content. Well, it's he puts a lot of heart into his content, but he's doing something that I've always wondered why more Dota, like people who want to do Dota content don't do, mm -hmm. is that the entire game is built around, you have the ability to download any replay, you know, and watch it asynchronously. Like you don't have to have it catch it live. You know, you can just download a replay and have it ready ahead of time and curate it and see, you know, like what, what this is happening or whatever. So when I see is like Harold replays. So for content, for context, Harold is like the, the lowest bracket of ranked skill in Dota. So this is, these are people like I'm, I'm bad at Dota and I'm not there, you know, like yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly be. ahead. Like these are people that it's almost very, it's almost bewildering how they can still be they, there. They just don't want to put the effort in essentially yeah but at the same time it, and that's okay really funny... i guess no no totally totally but it yeah. makes for really funny content in the sense of you've got jenkins used to play semi-pro and now he's a professional commentator and that's the comment the like the content that he puts himself into but it's like you know if he wasn't streaming already you know would he be would he do that separately you know you have that kind of i'm streaming but then okay we're gonna take a pause we're gonna you know do an intro for youtube and then essentially have the video be edited from that stream content you know so it yeah. it's about it's about like efficiency i guess it's about efficiency of like okay if i'm streaming i might as well create something that can be clipped for later but um it i don't i don't know when i was thinking about this like i said i was just thinking about like okay like there's so many casters that either choose not to do that or you've kind of got like you know like shiver and owen um od pixel and and shiver yeah. are they they stream fairly frequently and not they did they did try it too like owen tried the youtube thing it just never caught it like it didn't really catch on like he tried to do the same thing like harold casts and everything too yeah um but i, th I don't know if it was just an issue of like he didn't want to because yeah, i mean youtube's hard and youtube is different and it does take a lot of effort yeah yeah and then like uh, i mean he's probably the, mo the most like in demand caster yeah know, in terms which is, of... it's very surprising that it didn't work honestly do you think that's a matter of do you think that's a matter of like the hunger wasn't as hungry because he was already kind of in an established place like i don't remember when he was trying to do this so like I'm yeah not... it was like uh i'm actually looking at it now it's five months ago and he uploaded let me see in the span of five months or in the span of one month he uploaded like like 5 10 15 about like almost 20 videos 
I never saw and, any of them on Reddit or anything like that. Like I didn't yeah, know they existed. Exactly. You know, like I don't. Yeah. I don't follow a lot of esports people on Twitter because, uh, like, for me, when I was working in Twitter, or sorry, um, working in esports and then kind of pseudo retired, I was like, I need to just like not be reminded of the stuff that I'm not doing anymore. Um, yeah. So I just like uh, unfollowed a lot of people, um, not out of you know personal hate or anything, but just you know self preservation. But I didn't even see that like anywhere, and um, it's weird. I think that, like, I think Jenkins has like an editor if mm -hmm. that makes sense and i think that yes. it, it has to be a mindful thing to start to treat it like a business you know there's so there's almost like so much else to learn i i think about you know certain casters or you know that kind of shit and it's like are they gonna sit there and they're gonna are they gonna learn the algorithm you know are they gonna sit there and learn like how to do proper seo uh, yeah are they gonna dota youtube essentially are they gonna like go that intense jenkins actually talked to me about this one time about like uh because he was mentioning me about how i do the replays thing yeah um where i do old the, games on like source and stuff but yeah uh, so so for context dota dota did, had a major engine change i want to say around 2016 basically there were all these replays and and tournament replays that were i don't want to say lost because they are accessible but you have to have a version of the old client in order to play them and then everything from like 2016 onward is like on the current system so you know, do, did you want to explain like how you kind of yeah yeah so essentially i uh i found i actually found an old liquid dota threads i found where people had taken these old clients and zipped them and just uploaded them somewhere randomly on the internet so i was like indiana jones just like going through all these tombs of like old liquid dota threads and like random mega site things you know protecting my computer while downloading these sketchy <laughs> files and eventually i assembled it was like uh I don't watch Marvel movies, but I know there's the glove with the gems. I was Thanos. I had yeah. assembled the five clients that I could cover all the TIs before um, the shift. So that was that was pretty cool. Unfortunately, my hard drive eventually crashed and I lost them all, but I've, oh, uh, no. I've reassembled most of them. <laughs> yeah, that kind of sucked. But anyway, I actually I found the message here from Jenkins where he said, uh, yo, I remember I was watching your stream, you're watching old games, blah, blah, blah. And he said, um, I want to watch TI1 and stuff on stream because I think it would be hilarious. And he said, uh, do you want to come on? I want to put them into YouTube videos. Because uh, I think I can find some clickbait stuff, and I'm pretty sure old replays would be some YouTube goldmine. Like he, he has the zone, right? No, 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 the zone. You, you have to be yeah. shameless. You have to be shameless. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. And and that's what I that's what I I admire that about Coney, who we mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Um, I I can't. There's still this thing in my head that is still trying to be like, oh yeah, if you just like make content that's good you know you'll be rewarded by the karma of the universe kind of thing but it's like you gotta kind of sell out you know you gotta kind of you have to have that mindset of like what's gonna do well and there are those like uh, not esports specific but i watch a lot of those like two hour retrospectives on like oblivion you know oh, yeah. or like or yeah. something like that where it's just good background noise and those people like there's almost there's like two ways of going about it it's like you do those kind of videos so infrequently that you get carried by the like patreon revenue where you say okay well this is going to take me a lot of time and then people recognize the intrinsic value of it and then they the patreon money will kind of like sustain you in between whatever um uh, or you have to rely on the algorithm where you're doing yeah. such regular content and you have an understanding of how that algorithm works that that's how you're onboarding new people that's how, like onboarding is the hard part you know it's yeah. so crucial to like like i was saying where i hadn't seen those od pixel videos on youtube or sorry on on reddit mm -hmm. and it's like if i had then maybe i'd be in the same position that i am with jenkins right now where um that's probably how i found his channel was just like uh you know maybe i was subscribed to him maybe i'd be a regular watcher or something like that but that onboarding and that kind of like mindset of like where is my growth coming from how can i you know not overthink it you know not pay attention too much to the numbers that kind of stuff while i'm actually like creating stuff and growing it's like all that has to be on purpose it can't be by accident anymore i uh i actually did not use youtube until like probably Whenever Guilty Gear Strive came out, <laughs> yes, pretty sure this sounds like you know 2021, like COVID, like late COVID. Um, I never used YouTube like ever for anything. I didn't watch YouTube uh, at all, and uh, so it, it is interesting to me because I still don't understand some parts of it. Like kind of like we were just saying, like today, I happened to just 
combine. Now that I do use YouTube, you know, the algorithm's yeah. in there. Yeah. It's doing its thing. I got recommended uh, a mango combo video. Smash player. I saw the video. I watched it. It was like eight minutes long. I was like, damn, that's sick. It's only like 10 days old. Sick video. And I saw that it had like 60K views. And I was like, oh, that seems kind of low. And then I got recommended this guy named Awesome Sauce, who has like 260,000 subscribers. He's a much more casual, like, yeah, basically casual, I guess, like Smash content creator. Like in tone. Yeah. Yeah. And he has a video of the other worst character in Melee. And it's just showing like Bowser and Kirby, who are notoriously bad in this game. And it has 616,000 views from just like two weeks ago instead. And I was just like, that's crazy to me. Because, like, this combo video was so insanely sick. This is some of the sickest, like, melee I've ever seen. It's so interesting that, like, uh, that YouTube, that it's that summoning salt fan face, yeah, yeah. right? It's, like, it's that video essay, like, they don't really, I don't know. They're not there to watch the gameplay as much as they want to hear about the gameplay, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Like, I, 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 the, I'm big on YouTube and for certain channels, and, like, I, um... I've been watching like red letter media forever and they're they do a lot of like b-movie stuff and and their their format is pretty they've got some really good production value and they've got some good format like they kind of made their they, they it's kind of a bad example because they made their kind of like initial swell of popularity like pre i would say what the metagame now is of youtube um but they make i think they make over something like twenty forty thousand dollars a month on patreon and Damn. yeah but they're at that point where it's self-sustainable right and it's almost like bringing it back to the original topic it's like you know it's it's that contract work you know it's a similar thing where okay you can kind of now have a bit more focus on stuff that you want to do or stuff that you you like you have a, a little bit of luxury there you know um I don't know. I find that interesting from, like I said, from the, from the talent perspective, because it's, it's similar with, uh, like I was saying about the, um, like learning the meta systems of things. I've noticed yeah. that with stream or with pro players and not, not streamers, but pro players is that they're so focused on their game that if I was in their position, I, I get the feeling that, Oh, I would know how my stream worked you know, or I would know how to like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I would know how like a bot, like my chat bot works. Like when I was yeah. working for EG and trying to be like, okay, well, how do I put that? There was that nine K MMR bot that when you use the command, it would tell you all the pro players that were in the match or whatever. And it was one of the rare streams for our TZ and he didn't have that bot in the chat And Phil, Phil, the EG manager at the time is like, Hey, can you do this? And I'm like, I can't without like our tour actually, giving me access to be able to, you know, do this, you know, out of permissions level. Like I can't just do this even as a moderator, he has to give me explicit permission. And, um, trying to do that in the middle of the stream is like, is obviously like stressful and something they probably don't want to deal with. But like, I don't know if you're a player, like I said, it's just like, you're not using every part of the animal. If that yeah, makes sense. It's, it's actually at the end of that conversation with Jenkins, he said, uh, and I quote, you got talent money. Hire an editor. They're cheap. <laughs> Slacks has a whole squad of them. YouTube's insane for blowing up your stream. And he's just like, he's like, if you ever want to do it, like, I'll help you with thumbnails, retention, all that stuff. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I'll, you know, thank you, thank you. Like, like he, he's going after that beast. And that is the, the thing that a lot of us just, like, aren't doing in Dota. Again, for me, it is a conscious choice. Like, no, no, I, uh, I totally don't. I don't blame you, dude. Like, I'm not going to Yeah, no, you. but it's, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it, it's definitely there. And, like, is it that much effort for like the amount of value that's in it? Like if I, I actually said like if I stop getting invited to made tournaments, I, that would be my pivot. hundred percent. I would just like, I dive into that. Or if like, you know, if the travel becomes too much of those kids, yeah. them, them, their kids yeah. that I get, the youngins, you know, that is uh that is a path. And it's, it again, just speaks to the, it, what is essentially privilege of being a Dota caster compared to everyone else. We just like, my one job is to make sure my casts are good, which is truly the best thing you could hope for because doing the other content in their games, I'm sure makes them better casters and stuff in other ways. And it does help. But like, I don't even have to worry about that. When I stream, the only reason I even started streaming is that I noticed that it made my prep better because before I was just doing the same thing off stream. Yeah. And by well, streaming- Well, you might as well get some sub revenue and stuff like that, right? It's like- you're... Yeah, dude. Covers covers all my games, you know? It's yeah. good. Well, you don't have to sell those uh, first blood chests for, for $10,000 or 10,000 Steam bucks a year. Um, yeah, mistakes were made. Was, I, I, <laughs> I got two of them. I think I got two of them, I think for- 
the t- I, I was working for Dota Buff around the time of 2017, and I was gonna leave the company, and they wanted me to. They were like, "Oh yeah, everyone from the company is gonna go to TI7," and I was like, "I don't feel comfortable." Like I, I literally like put in a call with my, uh, with the owners at the time, or I don't. I think mm. they're still the owners, but I was literally like, "I don't feel comfortable take like you guys paying for this trip and then me immediately leaving after," and they were like, "Thank you for doing that," but yeah, the repayment for that was like, ah, they gave, they gave me like two of those. Like we were talking about earlier, Dota had like Dota has the ability that if you're attending the international in person, you can tie your badge to a, a like there's a, a kiosk that enables you to get in-game drops, which are like in-game items from certain events. And because they're so exclusive, because you can only get them at one tournament a year, they sell like the ones that I sold them for. I sold for three hundred dollars each for a chest. Yeah. Um, Some of them yeah. are worth up like a thousand. Yeah, because it's yeah. a certain item, or that was the unboxed chests. Like the thing was yeah. that you were paying three hundred dollars, you could unbox them and maybe get something that was like twelve hundred dollars worth, of, like an item. But you could potentially lose a lot of that value if you just unboxed, a, you know, something that wasn't as good. Um, but the thing is, is that like I, I think it's interesting in the sense of with with the t- the old replays, um, I'm finding that you need a, like when you're doing that kind of content game you need a strong concept mm-hmm. and you either need something that you can communicate in the style that people like for you um that's kind of your exclusivity you know like the exclusivity yeah. is that like no one can say it in in the way that i say it or like you probably found with the you know the old ti replays and stuff like that it's like you put the effort in there in order to learn how to like make all that work and that is an entry level you know, like that isn't something that anyone can boot up at any time. You know, if there wasn't that work of finding the old clients, finding, like you said, five different clients in order to try to um, and finding the replays yeah. and making them all work and stuff like that. It's like that content wouldn't be as unique and then it wouldn't be as special. Like I, I haven't seen anyone else do that kind of stuff, even though people know that it's possible yeah. now. And that's yeah. almost like a little bit of an insurance policy there, right? Where you're willing yeah. to Yeah. Oh, it's work. it's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get it done soon before someone else figures it out, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing, right? Is that I think one of the original, like the original point of that question of the, like separating, you know, your contract work from, you know, your personal content is that it almost puts more, it puts a spotlight on you as a person, right? Because like you, you doing your own content is selling, you as a person where i don't know I, I, it's arguably the same i guess for the casting but you're almost supplementing a product it isn't like the yes, whole product 100%. if that makes sense like yeah. i can't imagine you, you like you can't really get a big head about like okay i deserve to be here because i'm the do- voice of dota kind of thing right <laughs> well <laughs> yeah well it doesn't hurt have. yeah i know <laughs> there, there, there's relative levels like you have to have relative levels of cockiness and how i've talked to my therapist yeah, about yeah. it is i've like do i want kanye west levels of confidence or do i want to scale down a little bit because there's varying degrees and, and you have to like you have yeah, to believe you need a little just, bit of an ego just yeah. a little bit yeah you you have to believe that you deserve to be there listen i'm just all i'm saying is i'm pretty sure if i get hit by a car i'm gonna live <laughs> that's that's my ego level it's that's like, your you know ego what? level I, I think like 30 kilometers an hour i got that that's uh that's the airbag the giant ego yeah. is just the airbag <laughs> yeah but i mean do, with that in mind it's like do you think that do you think you'd have difficulty like putting that spotlight on yourself you know for like solo content if that makes sense uh, I don't think I would, but I could see maybe, um, I don't know. I guess maybe to get into this job in the first place, you kind of have to have that bit of a, that ego itself. Like I, I can make a lot of people who wouldn't really have that problem in the space, but it would be a different beast for sure. Like it's cause in, in a sense, you're trying not to do that. As you said, like you're, you're trying to be a supplement because in the end, um, we're, <laughs> we're trying to prop up or as I read in one thread today, uh, we're just leeches. So <laughs> as <laughs> well i mean Which, you like, know it's partially there we need a good host that's right it's more of a symbiotic parasitic relationship but I'll i mean take it. It, i think i think that this was the thing when artifact came out or dota under dota underlords because like valve loved to give us hope valve loved to like launch when they launched underlords and when they launched artifact they basically took all the dota talent and like put them you know 
got them to do like a intro stream or whatever. I remember watching something with mm-hmm. Slacks and Shiver and Sheepstick and you know all that other stuff, and it was just like it's an interesting and unique position instead of having that like forward facing developer or community manager. It's like you guys are kind of put in the position of being a proxy communicate like a community. Um, community Jeez, what happened guys huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean is that referencing what i think it's referencing or well just artifact obviously <laughs> oh yeah floating <laughs> yeah exactly but like i mean like that that ran out of gas and like i said it was it was that was another thing with valve and automation right they wanted to be able to just have the cards have their own fluctuating values and then have it kind of sort itself out and then they they really took the battle pass like that was the big allure or not that was the only thing to do in artifact when it launched was pay for a thing and then hope that you got three victories before two losses and that's what dota battle or uh, dota battle cups are automated tournaments and valve did, or sorry like you know they didn't want to put a battle pass together for artifact and it was I felt like such an old man because when it came out, <laughs> when it came out, I was just like, okay, it's a, it's a game. Why don't, why aren't you having fun playing the game for the game? You know, I, I hesitated there to say it was a good game because maybe when I was, you know, the, the first day of it, I, I was a little bit more optimistic, but everyone just being like, yeah, you need that kind of progression you need that kind of like battle pass motivation challenges and like that kind of stuff it's like in order to basically compete with so many other distractions um from other video games or backlogs or youtube or social media or whatever it's like um i kind of came Dota around itself. yeah I mean, or you're, you're, you're essentially that it's like their own worst enemy right like how do you fight versus dota you have to make a competing product that essentially depends on these players being it's pretty much addicted. Let's be real. A lot of Dota players are pretty much addicted to Dota and the idea of like, it's so engrossing to them that it's, it's very hard. If you're not a Dota player, it's essentially hard to play other games. And I'll say this just because Dota is insanely good. It tests you in a way that no other game tests you. It hits like, as someone who's recently as lowest started lows. playing a lot, like seriously, yeah. man, like I've started playing more lately since like my third child is she's getting older and that's great and like playing is really good for commentating and i haven't done enough of it lately so i'm really on the grind and like oh my god i could feel the mental shift within like a day and i had to talk to my wife about it i'd be like <laughs> i am sorry dota is just sometimes the game ends and like it because it takes all of you for that dota match if you really want to win it takes all of you like every single part of you is trying your best to win this stupid game and then there's like one person on your team who either through their own incompetence or deliberate this is trying to lose <laughs> and you're just like ah <laughs> no i mean so that that there's a couple things there that that tie it back to content in the sense that in similar feelings in a weird way it's like any any game wants to create a fandom around their games because that's how they do self-sustaining stuff you know right you have mm. an emotional connection with you and your audience and that gets people coming back and in a in a weird way i think underlords or and underlords and uh artifact like be, they wanted to try to supplement the dota fandom by giving more lore and giving more ways to play around with that universe and i bet there are people that really like certain characters that are in that you know in that universe but it's like it if there isn't like a big master plan it doesn't kind of it kind of falls apart and yeah. I see that with Dragon's Blood, like the Netflix show. It's like they gave the property to the Studio Mirror people and said, go nuts. And I don't, I, I think I wrote a post about this a while ago where it's like, I don't think that there's like a giant, you know, like Riot would have a boardroom meeting where they would go, okay, well, we're, we got to, we need to figure out. Oh, yeah. Way. Here are the rules on this character. We have, how it we have a, this character. Yeah. Yeah. We have a roadmap of where our plot is going for the next three years in game and out. And even though Arcane, which is their Netflix series, is like completely, it has nothing to do with the game at all. And it's almost like giving more plot than the game has ever given. But at the same time, it's like that was managed. You know, that the yeah. characters that appeared there and the settings and everything, because that they want to create that hegemony. They want <laughs> to know. create that universe, you know, in Valve, much, not so much. Yeah. Much like getting the talent to do the artifact thing. I'm pretty sure half the time they literally message slacks about lore stuff. 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent. I could definitely. Yeah. I, I think there was. I saw a posting. Someone was making a joke about De uh, Bungie hiring a Destiny historian in order to like keep all that shit together. And yep. so much of so much of what I'm thinking, like uh, it, it, I'm doing a lot more reading about like fandom and stuff now. And like, I wonder how much free labor that fans do for like wikis and stuff like that in order to just like keep it all working and because they care. Um, and like, I mean, Slacks thankfully gets paid for it preferably or hopefully yeah yeah you know um i i have an immense respect for that man that man is a genius and i don't mean that in the like meme like aha he's so crazy blah 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 and, like he's legitimately a very smart person um but what was i gonna say uh that whole like fandom thing it's like you're building it for yourself too right it's like you're like you were saying with like the editors or you're saying for like people who are you know submitting clips or like I, I even think about watching like people like sing sing where um who's a big streamer i keep forgetting that i'm talking to an audience and that do doesn't know the things that i know um but there, <laughs> there, there's a dota streamer his name sing sing and he has like a group of people that will group with him when he's playing dota or playing other games in like a co-op sense and i think a couple of them stream but there's there's this thing in my head where i'm like i wonder if they those people like get paid you know i'm wondering i wonder if those people like have ever thought to ask for money because they're essentially a consistent characters in that person's entertaining product you know yeah and it's it, i don't know i i don't know if that's me being a little cynical about it but at the same time it's like i think as I, I one of the questions here that I have is that like do you think like I wrote it down as do you think esports is different now and I, I think that's a very broad question but at the same time mm -hmm. it's like the vibe has shifted if that makes sense and maybe Dota is the one area where the vibe is like immune because it's so disconnected from everything else yeah, it's so different it's so... But yeah, it, and it, it was and it still is I guess but if you look at like you know you've got the franchising you've got like phase clan mm -hmm. like ipo you've got all the place the cryptocurrencies and all this other like you know franchising and valorant and league and and cod and overwatch and stuff like that and it's like it i don't know i've done a lot of thinking recently about whether it's leaving certain pockets of people behind not just from a fan sense but from like people like me where i'm like i'm not sure even as someone who's worked in the industry and worked not you know not very briefly you know i put i put my time in mm. um where even like i'm like where's my place in all this you know where's my where do i fit in or like where where is the esports that i love you know like where where is that gone or where is that now um and it's so weird like i said dota's like its own little island where not even from a uh, I don't want to say technological, let's say logistical perspective in terms of like, you know, not needing to necessarily go outside that bubble, but almost from a vibes perspective, it's still its own little domed city, which is good, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's less of a domed city and more like the Titanic after it hit the iceberg, I feel like sometimes where it's like. I sometimes I see the people in the community and this is true for every community where yeah. I'll see something posted and I'm just like oh my god like I can't believe you exist in the same space that I exist in but for some reason it's harder to separate that when they're a Dota player and I don't know why that is I guess it's because like maybe it's like my career or something but like I just I want these people to be better people I want them to to not you know it, be, I think uh, part of it is that you like the part of it is that it isn't growing you know, like it isn't exactly. They aren't, they aren't yes. being replaced. That, that's the main thing. Yeah. They aren't so being like, replaced. I, like I feel like I'm I'm just on the boat with that guy, and I'm like, well, you know, I still, I still need that guy in my boat. <laughs> like, well, and the thing is, is that cynically, like, uh, I, you know, this, the, the, I don't anticipate this podcast getting particularly a lot of reach, but at the same time, there could be people that look at that and say, oh, yeah, you're, this person's just like exploiting. They're here because they, you know, they just want our money, kind of thing. But it's like, it's hard to it's hard to figure that out when you're so personally tied to it because of, you know, it's, it's tied to your passion as well. It's tied to your enjoyment. It's, it's not even, like, yeah, it's not even a money thing. It's just literally like Dota is just so much to me that I just like, I, I just get annoyed when it's like, uh, I'm so dependent on them, not even for a financial sense, but in a, like, it's just, we all love Dota and I want everyone to just like be better. No, 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 totally. I, I think, 
I think like I have a theory that anyway that like now that it's not just esports like I think that it's a lot of quote unquote like nerd spaces are kind of going through the same problem where it's like you have like uh, I I was on a podcast a couple years ago where we were talking about like Marvel and and Star Wars and stuff and he was saying that he's he's subscribed to like buying Spider-Man comics for years but he's hated hated it for years and I'm like why are you like why are you giving it your money you know like why are you still subscribed um and there is that level of like identity and attachment to it despite it potentially like being in a bad place and it's it's while i'm definitely of the mind where i'm like okay cool once it stops working for me i'm out you know like once it stops mm-hmm. working for me like i need to realize that's i don't control anything about star wars and and, and to think <laughs> and to think that i do is setting myself up for pain you know like to think that i do is not um is not really going to help me that much um but when it's something like smaller and when you feel like you can affect it like dota or like esports or like even you know me working at eg or something where you have that like level of influence where you can kind of like put your voice forward and speak up if that makes sense or try to influence Mm -hmm. in a way it feels like there's so much more at stake you know there it feels like there's so much more potential for well you can make this work you know i can still make this work i can still find my place here i can still make this a little bit better i think part of it too in terms of just like the change in feeling is also just like um the the community structure as a whole and that community sense feels like it's dwindling over time partially because of covid and like less lands and stuff like yeah. i always describe lands as like a like a blood infusion of dota i was gonna say i was gonna say they are it is i totally agree with that it's unbelievable like you've experienced that and it's just uh it it truly just reminds me like why it's just the greatest game and like such an amazing fan base and it's just you need that to ground yourself because just like any online community the the number one thing that's posted is just negativity right and that's that's kind of crazy but that i mean that's it's not a dota issue it's literally everything doesn't matter what it is it can be uh, like some communities can be more positive, some can be more negative. But in the end, generally things are just dunking on other people, dunking on characters, dunking on moments or like that whatever. Dunking, like, like the dunking is the thing is the dunking is rewarding. Or the, the sorry, oh, 100%. The, the dunking is reward dead is what I mean. It's like either if you're trying to make content or if you're especially if you're trying to make content, especially if you're like trying to get, you know, fake Reddit internet points or whatever that Hell yeah, that, dude. That that, that action of dunking is like it it prevents a lot of empathy and it also encourages like it encourages the worst you know like i'm I'm not i'm not about to say i'm some like puritan or whatever but at the same time it's like of course you know we've all we've all seen that like i've blocked every single news article or single news site in esports (laughs) i don't read any of them anymore because they're all pointless worthless i know garbage I, the thing is, I've, I've tried to do a lot of reading and or research about like, okay, like why, what does this company do on social, you know? And for yep. most of them, they're just either, it's either that kind of stuff or they're just stealing clips. Yes. You know, they're, they're just, just, That's just it. lifting it, you know? And, and it's, it's depressing, um, but it's kind of how it is. And I think where I, I think to kind of close this out anyway, it's like, I think at least the... It's like going to a comic convention, I guess, if we're furthering the analogy of, like, what a land equivalent is for, like, someone that's, like, into Star Wars or into Marvel or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, like, you can you can be on Twitter and think that you need to be on Twitter in order to, like, participate in discussion. And then all you're going to get is, like, you know, the politics of Star Wars and then the people that are resisting, like, you know, the politics of Star Wars or whatever, just making a big deal out of it for nothing. Like, for, for all the people that say oh yeah star star wars is getting politicized and blah 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 blah. it's like the content that they're making is the exact same stuff in tone it's just made for a different audience you know it's like if you're complaining that star wars is getting more progressive or whatever it's like no like you're just making the exact same content just for the opposite like it's just, just literally a coin flip in terms of tone you're but you're making the exact same format you're making the exact same like trying to make people angry or dunk on people or whatever um but i guess the it's like when you do go to like a convention or something like that which i guess would be the the equivalent of a LAN, or even if you're just like you know you go to a local trivia night or if you go to somewhere where all of a sudden you're just like a little bit less or you're a little bit more disconnected from the internet and like that those kind of spaces 
like I don't know I'm, I'm like thinking about TI and whatever it's like I, it was different for me being at TI because I was working and of course like I'm mm-hmm. gonna be you know connected there but if you're just there watching TI it's like you're not opening Twitter you know you're not opening like Reddit while you're at your seat maybe during like a break or something like that but it, you're not as wired into it you can just like focus on the thing in front of you and everyone else having a good time as well and that that fills your tank up you know that that fills your fuel up yeah and i think uh i mean i'm sure a lot of the like any scene with like a local or like weeklies and regionals any of those sort of games must be uh, must be feeling some of that as well moving into like online and having to deal with uh, more of the the dota space because obviously lands are still much more infrequent and in-person things are still more infrequent in dota than um they ever were in pretty much anything else honestly like uh, other than that one year when we had like 22 lands like that was, <laughs> oh that was pretty crazy but uh other than that like it's not a, a very common site so it uh it is something that's definitely sorely missed uh, at the moment well I, I mean like the the thing is is that we're talking about that fuel tank it's like i think the one of the in, the interesting things about dota is that like you the, the talent and the people that are working these events have a lot more influence over that tank you know it's like if you're do if you're working a local uh, like if you're you like guilty gear and you're running a local it's like Mm -hmm. you have direct influence about how that local is is heading in terms of like the people that are there or the the what's it called there's no like governing body of guilty gear that's running your you know that's running your local for you you kind of have a little bit of control over your own kingdom until like i guess the company patch makes a terrible patch or something like that i don't know i'm just trying to think of the analogy but with dota it's like you like when i say you i mean like talent like you and the people that you work with it's almost like you guys are the stewards of that it's uh (laughs) yeah it kind of is it's it's essentially thrust upon us in a lot of ways which um is good and i guess mostly good to be honest like obviously like i think for the most part, people do a pretty good job. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like, if you think about from a, like a corporate structure or something like that, I, I can't imagine the, you know, the community manager at Riot or something is like, they're just, they're just reflecting policy. Like they're just, they're just going, you know, they're, they're just saying what some bigger marketing manager, VP manager or something told them to say, you know, they aren't making that decision. You know, you guys are able to be able to be, have a much more direct i guess influence on these kind of things and that that's pretty rare for like i guess a product of like that scale or whatever Um, yeah we do have a lot of power it's true actually (laughs) i love the i love every time like you were saying about leeches or something like that every time there the memes come out about the 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 talent illuminati or like something like that, or you know the the furthering of the the cabal. I think the word was the, the latest one was <laughs> yes, the, yes, the, the talent cabal. cabal that's keeping certain people from being hired and whatever. But that's almost another topic entirely. But I just kind of like really, I really like thinking about the people that need to deal with this kind of stuff on like not only a professional level but the professional level intermingling with the personal, right? And it's like you yeah. have you have that weird intersection, you know, you have that weird intersection of this being something that you're clearly passionate about and something that you have a lot of, I guess, responsibility for, but you know, you do log off at the end of the day and spend time with your kids and that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's, uh, I'm very unique in that sense. That, that's another whole, I could talk about that for an hour. I, I'm I was, pretty sure no one else in this space has like a normal family. I was going to uh, say, I was going to say, it's like, it's such a weird I don't know. I have an, a complete, uh, this is probably another like written issue or something like that, but I have this like weird theory that's like percolating in my head where I'm like, you have all these people that don't have, don't have transferable skills or are essentially delaying like the traditional timeline of adulthood, you know? And I think all Dota players are doing that. Yeah, too, that's Dota players. Part, not... That's Dota talent. That's <laughs> that's esports players in general. Like we were saying about them not wanting to learn how their streams work and stuff like that. It's like what happens when you get dropped by your team and then all of a sudden you have to manage your own, you know, you have to manage your own stream again. All of a sudden it's like, oh, you better learn fast. But um, no, I think that's a good place to, you know, cut it. But um, I'm really appreciative for you to, you know come on and talk about this kind of stuff um i think it's i don't know i I like doing interviews mostly just because you get that human element and you just like have good conversations instead of you know needing to make it 
super formal, I guess. So I, I hope you have yeah. fun. <laughs> no, I did have fun. I really yeah. enjoyed this because we don't, much like how we toss every single Dota game that goes into the dumpster, um, which is another <laughs> thing that I talk about sometimes. But that's why I started doing those replays because we have, I watch old Melee clips. Like I watched old Melee terms get better at Melee. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting in the comparison of Dota because there are no, you know, you can watch old Dota tournaments and you can learn stuff, but because the game changes, it's, uh, we, we just kind of chuck them aside. So just uh, much like that whole idea of chucking aside, we chuck a lot of just essentially all side content of Dota oh, aside. Yeah, of course, so of there's course. not a lot of conversations about it, um, period. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of what I wanted to do. And I think you can identify with this a little bit with the, at least the older replays and stuff like that is like, we aren't like, we're contributing to like the future of esports, you know? And that, like, I, I don't know if that's a little too, like, pompous of me to say, but it, at the same time, it's like there there aren't a lot of resources for people who want to work in esports that, like, you, you, <laughs> yeah. both, you both don't have an adequate education at, like, a post-secondary level, you know, for, like, universities or colleges. I, uh, I recently got the call-up, actually. Oh, damn! You're going to lecture? I got the, uh, my, my alma mater. I'm through a friend of a friend of a you know family we're like yeah yeah so we're starting an e oh god I wish I could read the article right now <laughs> they called it the esports arena at SMU and it was like it's literally located in the Rand McNally basement oh my god I laughed so hard <laughs> I was like R Ryerson, uh, yeah or uh sorry the the university formerly known as Ryerson University I think it's Tokyo Metropolitan or not Tokyo excuse me Toronto Metropolitan University they changed now. their name I didn't yes, know yes because Egerton Ryerton Ryerson is uh they there's it's it, Canada is going through a lot of stuff with this indigenous ah history and he's one of those of huh he's one of those um yeah, so, yeah. we got so we got a lot of those who were we got, cutting we, those we got a lot yeah, of we got those. a lot of those turns out we got a lot of those that those politics and potential names you, you wouldn't believe that, that a lot of these names were not so great white dudes it's crazy you know see these names everywhere they're just they're <laughs> falling off like like wildfire historical historical i don't want to say revisionism because that sounds weird but um updating of <laughs> you know certain institutional names and whatever but my point yeah. is is that they have a they have a straight esports elective as part of their radio television uh faculty and i've been doing lectures for them and it's pretty much a marketing degree like it's pretty much a marketing course like the the lecture i do is about like discord and twitch and yeah the like centralization of like communities and trying to like make how you take like really focused smaller communities in scale like not even like dota like as a whole but like say like at a collegiate level like how do you like really engage that like maybe 50 or 100 people that are on like a stream or you know a, a collegiate team or something like that i i completely agree with and respect any of the elective ones yeah i was really oh, entire degree were, is a waste uh, entire oh degree God, dude. i'm yeah. so scared because like they there was a uk school that that contacted a bunch of people actually and were offering like I forget what it was. It was a good, it was like 80k salary or something oh to gosh. come live in London and teach a esports e degree. And I'm just like <laughs> like what a waste of money, dude. Please do anything else and just have a passion for esports. Please do not get an esports degree. For the love of God. Elective? Cool. The funny thing is is that I've had the exact same conversation with um people who want to do journalism because I have a journalism degree and while I don't regret it, it's one of those things that if you just want to write or create online, you don't need a degree to do that. What yeah. I got out of my journalism degree was more networking and being like, okay, well I, I met like if I had a really strong portfolio of blogging and then like a really good pitch to an like an email pitch to an editor, I could probably get the same like success that I did by being in the right place at the right time and talking to someone at a networking night and then getting work from them. But I wouldn't, if you have a really big passion for like, you know, court reporting or like something that requires that kind of like precision and specialization then yeah go into journalism but if you just want to like blog don't because it's a giant waste. i don't want to say giant waste of money but you can take something a little bit more stable or like transferable and then you know do your niche you know um and, and yeah. it's the same thing with esports it's like if you want to be an esports marketer like if you want to be a community manager or a 
uh, an agent or something like that do it for the thing that's more established like like if you want to be a, an agent for esports for players go do sports agency stuff yeah yeah exactly because the by the time you are done your esports degree everything will be different and it'll be a giant waste of money um that's that's the real advice it is it is um is there any, anywhere that any anything you want to show anywhere that people can find you on the internet? Uh, I mean, my Twitch is twitch.tv slash Trent. It's always a good one if you want to catch in there. And my uh, Twitter is at uh, Trent Pax, which is just Trent P-A-X. Nice. That's me. Do you uh, have that problem where you can't say it verbally? You have to like spell like you, you say it, but then you have to spell it afterwards just in case. I just want to, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Because th- that's yeah. th- that's the problem that I have with my last name, where I'm like, mm. saying Demers is okay, but I don't know if people can intuit how to spell it. That's so, true. They could say they it was CKS. I never thought uh, of that. There you yeah, go. Good yeah. thing I do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I I have one more mat.com because that everyone needs everyone knows one more mat in their life, and that gives that like redirects to everything that you know instead of having to spell my last name so um yeah if you're listening to this you probably know me already hopefully um if you want to toss me some support you can at plusheart.substack.com you can subscribe for free or subscribe for money and what you get is uh you get the i do like audio read-alongs because i'm thinking i'm like how do i like what do i give extra you know it's like this this podcast is obviously something i'm not like paywalling if that makes sense but Mm -hmm. when i write articles i'll like verbally read them so people can listen to them as podcasts but it also serves as like a director's commentary or like um i like that it's like live editing right it's like sometimes i'll like re-edit entire paragraphs as i'm like reading it because i'm like oh this sounds like garbage um but other than that uh patreon.com slash matt demers d-e-m-e-r-s or one more matt.com and it'll show you all my links so thanks trent so much for your time and for coming in everyone else thank you so much for listening and supporting indie esports content i guess it's a good time (laughs) i'll talk to you guys later goodbye bye-bye